the Ducks finally end their losing streak. Hallelujah. I mean, it took overtime to do it, but hey, they beat Detroit. So, yeah, that that's something really cool, right? Uh, it, it was a tough one. We'll talk about all of that, including the overtime victory on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everyone, to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. I've been covering hockey for over a decade. And just a reminder, this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, among others. You could follow me on Twitter, Komsa, at StimpyJD. And the show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. And if you couldn't tell, I'm wearing a certain jersey, but I'm also wearing this jersey because there's the pin on it because... It was Hockey Fights Cancer Night at the Ponda. So just thought I'd show my ribbon there. It's always an important night to me just to have Hockey Fights Cancer. I've had several people that I know either personally or tangentially that have dealt with various forms of cancer, including leukemia. So it's always a big night for me. All right. So we'll talk about Hockey Fights Cancer just at the tail end of the show. But first, let's talk about the game itself because that was kind of a wild one. Yes, it was another late game. Thankfully, I'm on the West Coast now and it's not like 1 a.m. Eastern time. So I actually watch an overtime game. I'll admit, the last few games... Well, first off, there was a game that started at like 7.40 or something like that. 7.45. It didn't end till what 10 20 pacific time that's 120 eastern i was asleep especially considering when i have to wake up early for a marathon and especially that's i mean that saturday night game i needed to sleep because i had to get up at like 6 45 to run the new york city marathon and that's when i got up and said what the hell just happened <laughs> well this was one of those games where if i was in the east coast i probably would have woken up and said what what just happened? This was one of those games. To start off, we had a return on the lineup. Yeah, one of the Maple Brothers is back. And this is where I get to show this off. Oh yeah. Goals fans know what this is. Ducks fans probably don't know what this is all about. But, you know, Sam Carrick, one of my favorite players on the San Diego Goals. I call him Captain, Captain Sam, Captain Carrick. And I'm still glad that I have this. I might bust this out next week just to open it. I know, but it's not going to, you know, go bad or anything. I hope not. But this is not this is not alcohol before anyone, you know, goes after me. Like anyone on the higher ups goes after No, I promise this is not alcohol. This is maple syrup. <laughs> this is specifically Carrick Brothers maple syrup. We've got to get the focus working here so I can at least show this. There we go. So this is Carrick Brothers Pure Algonquin Maple Syrup. That's what that is. So just to show that this is not alcohol. And the Carrick Brothers, 
Trevor Carrick and Sam Carrick, one of those brothers was back. That's Sam Carrick, who made his triumphant return. Yeah! Captain Sam, part of the Carrick brothers, making their return to the lineup. Finally, Sam is back. (gasps) He only played four minutes. I mean, it's his first game back. He just came off of hip surgery. So I get that he's been out for a while as I put the syrup down. Yeah, not even five minutes. In fact, he only had one shift in that third period. That was it. In this game, he only played a total of four minutes and 38 seconds. Again, only one shift in the third. He did have an early penalty in this game. It was an early interference call against Philip Ronick. And off of that penalty, we had a first-time goal. It was Jonathan Bergren, who got a lot of open net. He was right on John Gibson's left side, and there was really no one around him. And this was kind of like a weird, like, you know, like, get a shot on net. There's a couple of juicy rebounds there, but Bergren was right there to put away the loose change. And I believe they had him on the second power play unit in Detroit. And he scored not only his first of the season, his first NHL goal. So I'll give props where props is due. Congrats to Jonathan Bergeron on scoring his first NHL goal. And gee, isn't that something? Isn't that just the way that a player would score his first career goal against the Anaheim Ducks? It's like we've seen that. Over and over again. This is this is a common theme for the Ducks. They have a tendency to allow these young guys to get their first goal in Anaheim, especially. And there it was. And once again, the Ducks allowed a power play goal. Stop me if you've heard this before. But they allowed a power play goal off of a penalty that shouldn't have happened. And stop me if you've heard this before. But the Ducks once again, are among the bottom feeders in penalty killing. They're second to last. They're second to last as of right now. After the game ended, I had to take a quick look, and the penalty killing right now is at an abysmal 65%. The only team worse on the PK is still the Vancouver Canucks, but it is not by much. There is Vancouver... Then there's Anaheim, and then way up is the Edmonton Oilers. So you have these two teams that really suck in the PK, and the Ducks allowed another one. And this is the defense, once again, just allowing these guys to get into the zone easily and to get good, high-danger shots easily. This is, again, a recurring theme. But hey, there's a little bit of good news here. Because the Ducks actually scored on the power play? What? Really? They scored a power play goal? (gasps) Before the game started, the Ducks were, keyword were, dead last in power play. But Mason McTavish finally getting on the first power play unit. Despite the fact that on the starting lineups, McTavish was on line number four with Sam Carrick and Brett Leeson. Leeson only played about six minutes. Carrick played about four. McTavish finally getting some top power play minutes, and it paid off right away because in the first period, 
Mason McTavish scored his second on a nice little one-timer. That tied things up at one. It could have been two in the second. Could have been. Could have been. But if not for a post, you know, that that's what happens. You know, McTavish had a good one-timer from the right side, but it just rang off the post, and the Ducks couldn't score two at the time he couldn't score two. And I realize we're up against the time, so we're going to talk more about the rest of this game and the rest about just special teams and whatnot. But first, I want to talk about Built Bar, which is the best-tasting protein bar ever, and if you saw my tweets at JD, you saw that I was tweeting about the marathon and tweeting that I had Built Boost on me. I had a Built uh, built Puff on me. The Cookie Dough Built Puff really helped me out at the beginning there. It got me going. The Built Boost, I had that carried with me the first couple of miles. That felt really good to have that. You know, Built products are fantastic. You know, it helps get you moving. It has protein in it. It has the built boost especially has an immunity booster which helps me stay healthy and helps keep me cool. So if you want to check out all the built products for yourself, head over to built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order of Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Welcome back to Locked On, Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. I have a puppy over here. She's just staring at me. (laughs) I will admit that I let out not a loud yell, but I was excited at the end of this game. And she got a little bit startled, as dogs tend to do when something magical like that happens. I let out a nice little clap when McTavish scored, and she looked like, what, what, what's happening, what's happening? Yeah, McTavish scored, and more importantly, the Ducks converted a power play goal. Hallelujah. But in the second period, Michael Rasmussen scored a nice little put away, made it 2-1, to one, and it stayed like that for most of the rest of the game. And for a solid 20-25 minutes, Detroit had control. They had very good defense. They were playing keep away. They were getting all the shots, not allowing the Ducks to get that many shots. Shots at the end of two periods were 23 to 19. And even then, the Ducks were not playing terribly. They really weren't. Because when when they had the puck, they had some pretty decent chances. They weren't all... You know, from the perimeter, which is something that I've criticized in the past, that the Ducks live in the perimeter, but they actually had some pretty good high danger chances, especially in that second period. They had like two really good high danger chances, and not including that one that pinged off the iron from Mason McTavish. I thought the Ducks could have tied the game. On a couple of occasions and just couldn't have it happen. I thought that first line of Zegris, Terry, Henrique, they were solid throughout the entire game. 
And this is where I'm going to praise a couple of guys in particular. I'm going to praise first Troy Terry. Troy Terry, for most of the game, got in the zone with ease. Made the shots look easy, by the way. Like, there's there's almost an effortlessness to his shot release. And it's not that he doesn't... It, it doesn't look like he's working all that hard, but he really is. It's the perception of just ease. Where he kind of lulls his opponents to sleep. And again, I don't think he's all that systematic anymore. I think he's found more control in his skating and more control in his puck handling. And he's been he's been guarding the puck very well. That's one aspect of his game that I've personally really liked. And the other guy that I've got to praise, Trevor Zegras. Did you notice that Trevor Zegras had a strong forecheck in his game? We'll talk about that more in a second. But he was playing pretty effective defense. He was getting loose pucks. And I here's where I'll also give praise to Isaac Lundestrom on the second PK of the day. Lundestrom got in lanes. There was one moment on a PK where he actually stuck his stick out and got it right into the neutral zone, preventing a shot from the point. So those were some key guys that I thought looked better on this game. And if it's possible for Zegers to look better, this was it. This was that game where I said, Zegers really is the whole package. And he should be on that first line. Do not separate him from Troy Terry. I like Henrik on that line as well. I think Henrik adds a different element to that line. A good veteran leadership, which is what the Ducks always need. And that was the strongest line by far of the game. And I'll also say that another strong line was the Strom-Regenda-Vetrano line. I really, really like Pavel Regenda on that second line with Strom and Vetrano, the two former Rangers. They also skated pretty well with ease. They were fine. Max Jones, Jakob Soferberg, they struggled on this game. Third liners, you know, it is what it is. But they've been struggling. They need a little bit of help on that third line. Just my thought. So let's get to the end of this game. Or the third period, rather. This was the frustrating part of the game for me. The Ducks had a 5-on-3. Isaac Lundestrom drew a penalty while the Ducks were on the PK. Mo Sider got it. And then Lucas Raymond got caught, you know, kind of... Sla- like, Mo Sider got caught slashing. The stick goes into the crowd. Lucas Raymond. He gets drilled for roughing Frank Vachano. I thought the Ducks were going to tie the game on that 5-on-3. And they didn't. Partially because... The puck was standing still, partially because it was good defense on Detroit. But Anaheim, I thought, got a little bit gun-shy on a couple of opportunities on that two-man advantage. And they just could not pull the trigger. That sequence was frustrating. I was kind of going mad. I was going, why? Why are you not getting it towards the net more? Why are you playing on the perimeter so freaking much. 
It, it was frustrating. Very frustrating. And I, I thought I thought it was done. I mean, there was there was a couple of decent shots, but that was really all that they had on the two man advantage. Freaking really. I mean, part of that power play was better, and McTavish looked good. But aside from that, you've got to do better. I would say the two-man advantage power play was really bad. The Lucas Raymond hooking penalty where the stick flew into the crowd. That was the power play that I thought the Ducks looked good on and they could have tied it, but didn't. And that was with about eight minutes left. Once they didn't score, I'll admit, I was ready to post up an angry video. I was ready to go back to my old tricks. But hold on. Because with only a few seconds left in regulation, (sighs) finally, someone that I'll admit that I kind of went hard on the last podcast and some of my colleagues also went hard on him and a lot of fans went hard on him as well. John Klingberg finally got his first goal as a duck and what a time for that to come in. His first goal of the season I'll admit, I kind of criticized those two defensemen. I have criticized Fowler, criticized Klingberg, and Klingberg finally delivered in the clutch with only 47 seconds left. That tied things up at two. And I said, oh, this could be a turning point. Maybe not in the season, but at least it could be a turning point where it's not all doom and gloom. And this could also be a turning point for John Klingberg. Now that he's off the schneid, now he can kind of relax and say, all right, the first is out of the way. Now I can just relax and maybe the goals will come to me. That's what I'm hoping will happen. So Klingberg's first tied things up at two. Very quickly going into overtime because I'm up against it. It was was just... Back and forth for about four minutes. And then you had this kind of stupid play by Todd Bertuzzi. Who tried to take a shot at a pass to the neutral zone. And guess who blocked that shot? Ryan Strom. Ryan Strom picked off Bertuzzi. Passed it to Z. And Z had the perfect patience. While Bertuzzi was a dead man walking. And Zegras had a pinpoint perfect pass towards the goal and Ryan Strom is there to put it away. That's the game winner, folks. The Anaheim Ducks won it 3-2 in overtime against the Detroit Red Wings. That one was fun. And of course, (laughs) leave it up to Todd Bertuzzi to try to take a shot at neutral. But hey, you know what? If anyone can take a shot, oh, wait a minute. I take that back. Todd Bertuzzi doesn't know how to take a shot. Hmm. Anyway, (laughs) we'll be back after this brief intermission. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked on Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Once again, you're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez 
on this Hockey Fights Cancer Night. And yeah, it's, I took a little jab there. <laughs> At Todd Bertuzzi. You see what I did there? Yeah, I mean, far be it from him to just cough up a puck behind his own net. And you know what? We all know that Bertuzzi's no good at taking shots. Okay, no, <laughs> I'm I'm really done with that. I'm I'm done with those jabs. <laughs> uh, what? What? What did I say? I said nothing wrong, right? Right? Now my dog is looking at me like she's giving me a disapproving look. Like I can't believe you made those poor jokes. Mm. Anyway. Let's talk about Trevor Zegras. Trevor Zegras has really become the all-around perfect player for the Ducks. He can shoot. He can score. We know that. He can pass. That was a perfect pass to Stromer. Perfect. If not for Zegras being on the forecheck right there, it wouldn't have put so much pressure on Todd Bertuzzi. And I want to just kind of, you know... Put that play under the microscope. So after the Ducks kind of get in, thanks to my guy, Troy Terry, who made a perfect play, even though Troy Terry was at the end of a long shift and he looked tired with about a minute left. Troy Terry had the foresight to protect the puck as long as possible. And he was out there for a good solid minute and a half. And Terry got a good shot on goal with about a minute 40 left. Or a, a shot towards the goal. Then with about a minute left, he actually put one on goal. And Ville Husso actually had to do a little bit of work and save it and try to play it. Which is a fine play. And it's the correct play because you do want to keep the puck moving, especially in 3-on-3 three -three overtime. So he was fine there. He didn't try to catch it. Didn't try to, you know, stop play right there. Because he saw that there was a couple of Red Wings players behind him. So at the time, that was, you know, like everything about those plays were correct. And Troy Terry having that long shift and looking at the overtime. He was out there for about a minute, a minute plus, actually. So it took a while. Once Terry finally left the ice and was finally tired he said all right f it i'm leaving let's get someone else in there so you know what happens after that we get the one and only ryan strome who had just come in after troy terry had left in 10 seconds ryan strome intercepted that play from todd bertuzzi but there's one player missing there so there's troy terry gets the shot in Terry and Zegras were kind of skating back and forth, doing a little bit of a weave there. And Trevor Zegras was on the right side, putting some pressure on Bertuzzi. Now, Zegras himself had a long shift. Zegras was out there for about a minute himself. This was also at the end of a long shift. Zegras was out there a few seconds after Troy Terry was. And instead of leaving the ice, Zegras had the foresight to say, now you know what? Let's put, some, let's put some pressure on the puck. Let's forecheck here. And I think he's the one that caused that turnover. 
So I would say Troy Terry, smart play by getting it towards the net. Zegras, smart play by not leaving the ice and putting pressure on the defense. And Ryan Strom being at the right place at the right time, picking it off, getting the game-winning goal. Everything about that was brilliant. And we also cannot forget about Cam Fowler, who also had a long shift himself. Cam Fowler was out there for a long time during that whole sequence. It was Fowler that was out there with Zegris and Terry. Cam Fowler had just left the ice right before that all happened. It happened to be John Klingberg who was out on the ice when the goal was scored. And that's because Fowler had just left. Klingberg was on his way in, like way behind the play. Yeah, I think if Bertuzzi does make that pass, then you're looking at a two-on-one going the other way. So I got to give credit where credit's due to Z, Terry, Strom. Those three played it perfectly. And that's what got the game-winning goal. That's kind of the anatomy of that whole play. All right, so a couple more things I just want to talk about in regards to this game. Um, John Klingberg finally off the schneid had a positive score on hockey stat cards. I mentioned that on yesterday's podcast. John Klingberg had a 1.00 game score. That's great. And hey, Cam Fowler, 0.99. He moved up as well, so good for him. The top scorers for the Ducks. John Gibson, can you believe that? John Gibson had a game score of 1.25. That's because the expected goals against was three and a quarter. Overall on this game, not even strength, but overall, the expected goals were three and a quarter to 3.17. So it should have been really 3-3. It was pretty even throughout. And credit the Ducks for keeping it even Despite the fact they got outshot again. Yes, I know. The Ducks are always getting outshot. They're allowing too many shots. They're still dead last in shots allowed. They still have to fix that. I get that. But this is still a step in the right direction. Especially for John Gibson. Who made some good stops in this game. Trevor Zegers, top game score 1.57. Got two apples on this one. The top line... Doing it once again. Trevor Zegras, two assists, including the one to tie the game and the one to win the game. Big Mac got a big power play goal. And also, how about Cam Fowler getting two apples on this game? Yeah, those guys, you know, Klingberg and Fowler, they stepped up. They had a strong game after a few poor outings recently. So got to give credit where credit is due. All right. Uh, Before we head off for this particular episode, I'd be remiss if I did not talk about Hockey Fights Cancer. Um, Like I mentioned at the outset, it's an important day for me. I try to go to as many Hockey Fights games as possible. In fact, I'll be working a Hockey Fights Cancer night this coming weekend in Ontario. And I always have these placards with me. I have like a couple of these. And this is the one from last season when I went to Hockey Fights Cancer Night in Anaheim last year. And you, some of you might notice that I do have this in the background. And I will always have it in the background 
no matter what. But we should definitely be fighting for a cure. So, you know, if I was at the game, I would have made this same sign. But, you know, I fight for a cure. So, if you believe that we should be fighting for a cure, then do check out hockeyfightscancer.com. I think it's .com. And there's a website here, ucihealth.org slash stop at nothing. Check them out. Check out UCI Health. UCI Health does a tremendous job. If it wasn't for UCI, I mean, it was those folks at UCI that helped save uh, Bo Meester's life. Uh, if you remember that whole episode from two and a half, more than two and a half years ago, March, no, February 2020. So it's been that, wow, it's been so long. But the folks at UCI do a great job. So I fight for, for a cure. I mean, I fight for a lot of people in my life, but I really fight for a cure. So I just thought I would share this. And I'm going to have this up right next to me for the rest of the episode. So with that being said, thanks for watching. Don't forget that this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, etc., etc. You could drop me a line at lockedonanaheimducks at gmail.com. My personal Twitter is at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore ducks. Thank you so much for making this your first listen of the day. And once again, thank you all so much for your continued support. It is so greatly appreciated. Thank you all once again. For Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason JD Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there. Please be kind to one another. You know, take care of each other. And ducks fly together. <laughs>